No one cares about boxing. Tyson Fury, everyone had to look up his name. Everybody. No had one. If you guess what, nobody had to look up Floyd Mayweather's name. They went nuts, but this is the reaction she should have gotten. Because, <laughs> because that's legit. Daniel Day Lewis. That's what that movie's known for. Not this other fucking. <laughs> I know, but it's still a good movie though. That Best Buy just released the MCU Infinity Saga. Whoops, people. Should be, should be careful. Five hundred dollars, everyone. Dude, five fifty. Guess what? I have. Oh, it's five fifty. Oh shit. Dude, I have those movies already. That's gonna be the most expensive bonus disc I ever buy. Uh, who are watching? You better pay through the court or pay according to the court order. When he's the real Joker, you should kind of treat that as fictional world. And when he's himself, which is kind of clown makeup or not the Joker look, that's pseudo-reality sometimes. And somehow Tuesday ended up being the day, the hour, <laughs> almost the minute of this huge, re the wrestling industry being revolutionized, man. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. I am Julian Cannon, host of the Wrestling Courts, as I am back from the maternity ward, and Landon yeah. Cannon is home now, sleeping somewhere. And my co-host and <laughs> friend Rob is here today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I've had some uh, little issues. I was in the hospital last week, actually. Um, I thought I was having like, a heart oh, issue. We... No, no, just on Thursday, I went in. I was having chest pains, and... They said it was in my heart. I went to a heart doctor on Monday. They looked at blood work, the EKGs, and it's not my heart, but we don't know why I'm having all this pain on my body. It could be connected to the injuries I've had with my neck, uh, but they don't know. And I'm going to have to just go to one doctor, then another doctor, so someone figures it out. So it's, it's, it sucks. Uh, uh. It, really, it really, really sucks. But, you know, I'm laughing. I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not like... It's not like I'm in so much pain that I can't exist. It's more like the pain I usually have normally, just in different areas that I normally don't get it, if that makes any sense. So it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> other than that, at my job, sake, I tell you a little funny story before we talk about other stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, in, they installed beehives. beehives. So we had delivery of bees with honey, the whole thing on a setback of my building. So I filmed that this morning. So I had that, we had to put out these giant pavers, stones, they weighed like almost 100 pounds each. So I wouldn't pick up any of it because I can't, I can't physically pick it up right now because I don't know what the pain is. So I don't want to fucking injure myself more. And so like, fuck out these giant pavers, we install these fucking bees. And I'm like, it's fucking 40 degrees outside. And they say, well, they hibernate until like February. And I'm like, so they're going to install a camera so you guys can live feed, watch the bees. It's nice. like... Yeah, I think what they're doing because they're endangered, the honeybees, that they're trying to give them safe spaces. And I guess it's like a write-off for the companies. It's First off, no tenant, no, no company, no corporation as big as the one I work for would do this unless they were making money on it. You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't install <laughs> fucking cameras and shit if they weren't making money on the fucking bees. So, Oh, my God, dude. I was going to ask you, what is, I was going to ask you what was the significance of this, but you just already told me the answer to this. Yeah, it's, I don't, it's I don't be... think I would actually go to twelve ninety six abs for the next uh, summer anyway. Now since there's gonna be bees swarming. No, no, no. In the area. But it, they're on the four, They're on the fourteenth floor on a, a certain setback. So the setback, no one has access to. Most tenants are not allowed to go out there. We have access because we have to tech drains and stuff. 
Um, honeybees, for the most part, are not like vicious unless you go near their nest. So they're going to go probably because we're so close to Central Park. I'm assuming they're going to go there in the summer, go to the flowers, come back and pollinate because that's what bees do, right? So I'm assuming and it's very high up in the air. Like we're talking 14th floor. So like well, that's 14 stories in the air. It's nowhere near ground level. Well, speaking of hospitals and bees, um, as I said yeah. at the start of the show, our son is born. But the nice. week at the hospital was was a horror show. Not for me, but the experience. I mean, I've, I'm pretty desensitized to a lot of horror. So all the stuff I've seen, like a lot of blood or whatnot, it didn't bother me. I was like, oh, cool. Well, you know, when my daughter was born, you're in the room with her. And the doctor I had was, we had, she was, she was really amazing. She was very like, hands-on, very fast. They had this whole setup. Right, right. And like, they do it in such a way, it's a, like I like even though I was right there looking at everything, it was all handled very fast and efficient. Um, not the giving birth part because you know technically when you go into labor, depending if it's first time, second time doesn't matter. Every child is different. It took a long time before we actually gave birth. So we got right. there. My wife's water broke at like one in the morning, twelve thirty. We didn't. The, the baby wasn't born until almost four o'clock in the three thirty four in the afternoon. So like you know it's like you know almost. You're talking about 12, 15, 16 hours, whatever that is, mathematically, it's a long day. You know, it's a long time. Oh, she can't be and, actually. Um, my lady, it was, a, it was still a C-section. Oh, you're a C-section. That's even easier. Uh, I mean, it's still dangerous because you have the surgery. But no, my wife gave birth naturally. Uh, and it was just like, you know. Um, but it was, you know, it, that's a crazy process. And I heard C-section is an even crazier process because it's a whole different thing. How is she recuperating? Like, how was uh, like this, here's the thing um, i probably never told you this but she has rods in her back so for two days they was going back and forth on discussions of how to bring them out because the hospital there they've never delivered a baby with someone who had rods before so they had no choice but to go through this with the c-section mm. oh did she have like a, a spinal problem when yes. she was younger because my sister's friend had that when she was you know she's in her 50s now that lady but uh but she's uh she had it from when she was a child. She had like they had a because she had a curved spine. I'm not too sure exactly what they did, but they had a back then they used a uh, metal rods to straighten out her back. And uh, so up until like she was 18, they had to like as she grew different surgeries to you know for the rods. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's 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 crazy. That's yeah, that's a whole different thing. God, how is she though? Is she doing good? Uh, she's recovering um, day by day. Her iron levels yeah. is kind of jumpy, but we're we're still going through it. Now, the, the thing is that while I was in the hospital, well, while we were in the hospital, mm. they gave me some of the worst bedding possible. I know it's standard, <laughs> but dude, this chair they gave me in the first room, um, the wheel was broken, so I was trying to adjust it as much as I could. <laughs> then in the second room, the divider in between when you make that chair into a bed, that was also broken, so... I had no choice but to sleep on a, a horrible um kicking rocking chair that had a, I, a complete, uh, yeah, it had a complete shitty kickback uh, mechanism. I had nothing. My chair that we had wasn't even a fold down to a bed. It oh was just God. it was a chair. So Crystal had the bed and uh we shared a room because the well, this is years ago we're talking, it's not COVID times. I don't know how it works for you guys, but 
we we didn't have our own like we had our own room for the delivery and while she was in labor but when you went up to the you know the other spot where after you give birth i forget that what they call that area um you go to the second floor where this the other floor we had a we could have paid extra and had our own private room but it was fucking expensive so we had to share a room with another couple and so like what? you know well, yeah, no, yeah. When when you you ain't got a lot of money, you're gonna. Oh, yeah, like I the, just remember you just said it was ten years ago. I'm, yeah, we're talking about like, ten. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it's not COVID time. Pandemic, <laughs> pandemic, they won't do that. But we didn't have a private room, like so. I had a chair that didn't fall back. It was like a curved chair, but it was still just a chair. So I would hold Rebecca all night so Crystal could sleep, and then I would give uh, we put her in the in the in the little bassinet and then the, the nurse would take her to get away and make sure everything's good blah 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 you know that bullshit and then like we were there for two two days and a half i guess it was like i think we left on a tuesday we we went in on a sunday i think we got out on a tuesday and crystal just the experience on the 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 delivery floor was so much nicer than on the baby floor right because <laughs> like, they really take care of you on the delivery floor because you're the mom, you're giving birth, it's all about you. Once that kid's out, that other floor don't give a shit about you. It's about the baby. And so like you have no – there's no comfortness. There's no like I, – I, I would go out and get crystal food like because the food they wouldn't – they didn't really – the food they provide was shit. And like, you know, they were – like it was a whole different process. It's a whole different thing. She just wanted to get home. You know what I'm saying? Like like if we could have loved the same fucking day, Crystal would have been like, gay birth, let me go home. But mm-hmm. – um. But that wasn't an option. But I'm glad she's recovering. And uh, it takes time, man. It'll take time, but she'll get it. It'll be fine. See, the, the other problem is that I also have neck problems going back to when I was a teenager. So that plus these two awful, shitty, um, quote-unquote, yep. beds just made it, made it worse for me. Five yeah. days straight, by the way. Five days you were in there? Oh, my God. Five days straight. Uh you tough it out for the ones you love, you know? Yeah. But at least you're home now and you're, you're in your own place, right? So that's all that matters. And I'm on paternity leave until December, but I'm going to ask for an extension. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little time, man. You know, especially when you want to, like, see, when I, when we gave birth, there was no paternity leave. So I just took my vacation. So I put my whole vacation time in. Like, I, I refused to, I didn't uh, take, a, we didn't have paternity leave then. It wasn't guaranteed. It was not a thing. I wish I they would have provided for that. That would have been fantastic. But no, they didn't provide paternity leave when I was when my daughter gate was born. So I just took my we took a we gave birth and I I took my vacation. Took the month. Shows you how corrupt this city is. Well, you know, and also it was a union rule. Like we we didn't just have it. They had maternity leave, but not not paternity leave. So the moms could get the time off, not the dad. So it's kind of like you know it sucked. But I think legitly, like a year and a half after we gave birth, they they enacted paternity leave, and I was like, "You gotta be fucking motherfucker!" <laughs> oh, at least you have that time God. off, you know. Yes. At least you have it. That's cool. Yeah, good thing I brought the laptop and my Nintendo Switch over there. We was while we was waiting, you know, after the birth and whatnot, and we waiting to go home. Started playing Mario Party Superstars. Um, did you get that yet? The new update, the new one? No, no, I didn't get married. Super I still have the old it's, one. Yeah, I know. I, I saw it. Very good. Very good. I have. Uh, I have coming, and this is coming from someone who played the original Nintendo sixty four games. It's very good. I have um, on my in my in my wish list on Switch, I have 
the, the new warrior wear. Uh, yes, the new warrior wear for Switch. The, the, the Mario Party. I just got the DLC uh, loaded for Animal Crossing. Uh, so wait for that to come out. Uh, and um, it's like two other games. I forget which ones, but I'm not get, I'm not. Uh, we're not doing the whole fucking eighty dollar fucking bullshit. <laughs> Fuck that, bro. No. The Nintendo sixty four games. They want eighty dollars per year for that plus another Animal Crossing DLC. Well, yeah, I'm but like, no, Fuck that's out so of stupid. here with that. I, for twenty five. Hold on, Rob. I would have understood yeah. if this price would have been maybe ten dollars more. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a whole thirty dollars right there. Well, my thing is that what's stupid about it is because even if I did it for the Animal Crossing, right, which I want, we have four accounts on our Switch. So my daughter, me, my oh, wife. Oh, got a shared account. That's right. We have a shared, and then we have one more character. My wife has a Japanese account on there, so she downloads the Japanese games, right? So uh, even if we paid twenty-five bucks per DLC, it would pay for itself alone because eighty dollars a year. For shitty emulated Nintendo 64 games for that you're hardly going to play. And if you stop paying for it, you lose the DLC. But if you buy the DLC outright, you get to keep it. Yes. So why would you want to do that? That, that makes no fucking sense. I told my wife, no, fuck that. I told Billy because Billy, we have like a big family plan that Billy has like with me, Shaq, Crystal. Yeah, yeah. So, it's all our, so we have the four accounts on my one Switch. Billy, she said, well, big family plan. Billy was going to ask me, hey, do you want me to get it for the Animal Crossing? Because we're big Animal Crossing fans. And I'm like, no, wait, let me find out about that. Because I see that's a, that's a lot of money a year. And then we found out, yeah, the minute you stop paying for that, you lose the Animal Crossing. And I'm like, well, then I could just buy it for the 25 bucks <laughs> and you get to keep it permanently. So for me, yeah, all right, 25, 50, 75, it's going to be 100 bucks for the four accounts, right? But that's one time, not every fucking year. So it's, yeah. and I'm going to. I'm thinking about getting this thing called. The, did you ever hear the Evercade? That's the emulation um, console. They actually, it? it's a console, but they have like cartridges you can buy. Like the Evercade is this. It's it's a it's a it's a brand new system. It came out last year. They had a a portable. No, one. I saw I saw a video about that. But they <clears throat> when another guy was demoing it, I'm trying to remember the YouTuber's name, but it was something. Oh, metal, metal it was Jesus. Advocated. Yes, Metal Jesus. So it was that and another one. They they have one where it's a system and it has the hot swappable cartridges, right? Yes. I found out something about that system. Someone made a 128 gigabyte. A cartridge for that system that can do RetroArch, RetroArch, and it could do all the emulation natively. Hmm. So I'm like, I might buy that just to do all the Sega games and all the things I want on RetroArch, and just buy the Evercade, which will be HDMI, and I could buy the cartridges for the games that I would buy legally. You know, I would rather have that. Than to have the Nintendo Switch bullshit because I had it, I had the emulation on my Wii U and it was fucking phenomenal. But the problem with that is it gets a little wonky and you can lose it. It doesn't break your system. It just you'll lose the uh, the no, whatever it's the retro. Yeah, you'll just lose you know you'll just lose the whole um, the hack the hatchy hatchy it's called. You lose hatchy and I'm fine with losing hatchy as long as my system doesn't break. But if I can get the Evercade and have it on a cartridge, so all I could just take out the cartridge and then there's nothing on the system, which would be fantastic for me. And I think I'd rather have that because I also heard the controllers are good. And you can also use, uh, I think, 
uh, Xbox 360 controls on that system as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, and you got four uh, Windows ports. version or the Xbox version? Uh, was the Xbox 360? It's just, no, it's USB plug. So maybe yeah, it's the Windows, Windows version. Windows version. But that doesn't matter because it'll, it'll work natively. And um, you can also get wireless control. And it's a great system. And then I can have that. And that way I wouldn't have to worry about nothing. That's a big, to me, that's a big deal because I had hacked my Wii U. I hacked the Wii and I don't have the Wii no more. I have the Wii U and then it, it failed on the Wii U. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to hack the Switch because I don't really want to do that. Um, no, I, I won't hack. I won't hack mines until I get another switch. I was thinking about doing that, but I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Then I was going to originally. I have, I could do the, I have the Sega Genesis Mini, and there's a way to hack that really good. Yeah, that you get all the SNES Mini. Yeah, I was going to do that originally, but I'm like, but the Evercade just seems like such a nice system, and the controllers look really nice. So I, I just thought maybe I would want to do that instead. I just, I don't know, but uh, I will never, just put it this way, I'm not getting, I'm not paying $80 a fucking year to play some retro games. I'm not yeah, have, you seen, have you seen the videos of the input lag when people were testing yep. it out? Yep, yep. Holy I was watching crap, that's modern a, that's some of the video worst, gamer. Yeah. That's some of the worst um, control responses I've seen in a while. It's weird because, you know, on the Wii, the games that they had on it, and they remember, they had multiple systems on that Wii. Remember, the Wii store had Sega Genesis, they had friggin' uh, um, Turbo Graphics. They had Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all these systems that you could get from the Wii Shop. Remember? Yes, I they do. worked. They worked really good. How did they fucking go backwards? <laughs> How did they go backwards? Uh, like to me, that that's ridiculous. And there's ways that you can play Sega Saturn games emulated on your switch and it works good because there's a new uh downloadable japanese game you can get it's a collection and that's a back door into the switch to play sega saturn emulation hmm, and someone a modern video game uh, game guy i forget his name modern video game whatever he showed it and it fucking looked amazing and it played clean because some games you might have to overclock the system but about 80 90 percent of the games work clean because the games they put on that switch are Sega Saturn emulations and it phew, slamming. <laughs> you know, Nintendo, I don't think they're going to listen, even though the dislike bar is up on their videos. I mean, it makes me figure that's why they waited until that day to announce it. Well, you know, I think the thing is people are super excited for the Animal Crossing update. It's amazing looking. Um, I'm, I've never been excited for any game announcement. I, I'm, I'm cool with it. But I've been playing this game for a year, and I think a lot of people have. The Animal Crossing saved a lot of people's sanity, right? There's people right. who got married in Animal Crossing because they couldn't have a real wedding. People who did graduations. It's a game that has it's so much fun. It's better than The Sims. It has that cool Nintendo feel to it because it's, you know, it's Animal Crossing. And they, the terraforming and the, uh, the talented fans making their own... Um, custom stuff that you could put in the game legally you don't have to hack nothing there's so much good stuff so this update is so massive that it, people are super excited like i'm excited my wife's excited, my daughter's excited and we you know just to, play, to have all this new stuff you can do and the dlc looks really cool too you know it's a lot of fun so i'm i'm with that but i think what people pissed off about is when they heard like you would legitimately raise that price so high for no good fucking reason that price money, a year. That's why. Oh, I get it. 
But you know what? The truth is that I wonder if it's a reverse, a reverse thing for Nintendo, right? Because like they do like when people buy shit. So they want you to buy the Animal Crossing game. Let's be honest. They want you to pay the 25 bucks. So how are they going to do that? <laughs> you, can't, you can't go anywhere around it or work your way around it. Right. But I think the, at the end of the day, I mean, for me, it's like, I'll pay for it. Like, you know, I don't, I buy games. Like for the Switch, I'm buying games. I don't hack the Switch. I don't hack the PlayStation. I, I've never done any, like I never bought any bootleg games for PlayStation, PlayStation 2, like back in the day. No, if the games are available, we'll buy it. I'm not that, I'm not a dickhead. I'm not going to do that shit, right? Hmm. But like games that are completely out of like out of the availability. Of, um, yeah. yeah. You're not going to get, you're not going to get the emulation. That's, is that's exactly why game preservation is important. It's so important because there's so many games that just have been forgotten and they went bad. And, you know, and the early emulation, like back in the 90s with preservation, they would upload, you know, they weren't perfect because most of those computers were old and they didn't know what they were doing. And so, but the able to to save these games, there's so many games that we found that we thought just were gone are now saved and they upload to this community. I'm a big fan of that because like, you know, one thing I've not gotten to play yet and I've, I've seen people play it is the main cabinet stuff. Like the people playing like the arcade stuff. Well, and yeah. that's stuff I fucking, my fondest memories other than the Sega systems at home with the arcade ports of games, like, you know, NARC and like, yeah. Yo, Captain America and the Avengers. I loved it on the suggestions and all that. Um, but I played it originally on the arcade with the four controllers and like that shit was so beautiful that when we got the you know the genesis port it was good don't get me wrong but it wasn't four players you know and that and then like the arcade was just such a good game and like the marvel versus camcom and shit like the original ones like you know all that fucking arcade versions are great so i'm dying to get i i've yet to done the emulation for arcade yet because i want to do that so Speaking of DLC, um, and this is pretty much the first time WWE's ever done this. So last week they announced their entire 2022 pay-per-view lineup and their schedule. <laughs> I you like how you ended that with the DLC. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Let's you want to know what those yeah. dates are? I saw the dates. I know they're missing two dates. Go on. So Saturday, January 1st, is WWE Day 1 at State Farm right. Arena in Atlanta, which we already knew. We knew they were doing that. Yeah, that's why they canceled the December pay-per-view or whatever. Yes. For the first time ever, the Royal Rumble will be on a Saturday in St. Louis, Saturday, January 29th. We're going to see a lot of that just across the board. It worked much better for AEW, and it worked better for, like, Impact. And when WWE was kind of against it originally, because Sunday was always their slot, but it makes sense because it opens up so much more freedom. You don't have to worry about football. You don't have to worry about, you know, Saturdays. WCW did pay-per-views on Saturday too. I think they were the first to get ahead of everyone. See, I never, I never, um, you know, I wasn't going to watch WCW. You know me. I never watched WCW. So I didn't know about that. But I, I, ECW had pay-per-views usually on Sundays. So like, you know, they always fighting with WWE for a spot. So I remember that. But uh, yeah, Saturdays just makes so much more sense. Yeah, I guess WWE caught on to how successful AEW's done their pay-per-views on Saturday. They realized, oh, shit, um, time for us to do this. I think, honestly, also that and also how much that two-day WrestleMania that they did 
you know, I think the buy rates were bigger on this. If I, I could be wrong, guys, I'm, I'm don't, I'm just, I miss maybe misremembering. I think the buy rates for the Saturday did better than the tune ins for the Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was another big catalyst. People going, oh, wait, people tuned in more on Saturday than Sunday. I think that last year was a big thing about that, if I'm not mistaken. And also the NXTs were Saturdays normally, and they yeah. were good, and people tuned in for those. So we have uh, April 2nd and April 3rd for WrestleMania 38. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And May 8th, oh, this has not been named yet, but it's going to be in Providence, Rhode Island. Right, right. June 5th, another pay-per-view. July 2nd, Money in the Bank at Las Vegas and the Raiders Stadium, as I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time ever, also, SummerSlam will take place in July, July 30th. Well, it's close enough to August. <laughs> it's a, dude, the earliest, the early, I'm not sure if you remember the date, but I do since I remembered it when I was a kid. The earliest SummerSlam ever was the 1997 one, which was August 4th. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it was so, always in August, but eh, July 30th, August 4th. It's, it's close enough. <laughs> let's see here. Saturday, September 3rd or Sunday, September 4th. A pay-per-view. Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what company also does a pay per view on Labor Day weekend? AEW. Yeah. So if WWE decides to do this on Saturday, that's going to be a mistake. I think you know it's a. And they shouldn't. I mean, did AEW do theirs on Sunday last year? I'm trying to remember. I mean, this year. Their pay per views were pretty much Saturdays. I think. We had maybe one Sunday pay per view this year. If I'm, was it double or nothing? Was the Sunday? Oh, let me see here. I can't remember. I just watched this. I remember. I think it was Sunday. I think they had Sunday. I feel it was a Sunday. So did, uh, wait, let me see here. September 5th. Let me see what day. It was Labor Day weekend. They did it on Sunday. Yes, it was Sunday. They did it. They chose that day because they knew Labor Day people had off. That's what AEW made a big deal. Like, you know, Labor Day weekend, you know, they could cram more into the show by going in for the whole weekend because no one would have to go to work on Monday, which is, I, you know, uh, my guy's combo convention, uh, the He-Man convention, he wants to do next year Labor Day weekend because it's smarter because, you know, it's before kids go back to school and it's a holiday weekend. You know, it's smarter to do any kind of, you could do any event across the board why not do it on a holiday weekend so people don't have to wake up on Monday morning? Look at us, wrestling fans for all our lives. How many times waking up Monday morning going, oh, God, that fucking show was so long. You know, <laughs> for years we were doing you know, this. Before this year, AEW did their Labor Day weekend shows on Saturday. Saturday, yeah. I don't, I think they couldn't get the venue. It was something happened. I, they may have, they, I read a post about it when it happened. The, the Labor Day weekend, they, they chose that date, I think because they either couldn't get to Saturday or because of the holiday Monday, they knew it would be money. It was money, you know? I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to continue, but I'm reading the reception on this pay-per-view, and here's, here's what Dave Meltzer said that I'm going to laugh at. Dave Meltzer stated that many have talked about All Out as the best U.S.-based pay-per-view show in history. Oh, the the one that God. happened this year? Yes. I enjoyed it. I mean, is it the best I, pay-per-view ever? I mean, here's here's I don't, I don't think here, so. here is what I talk about when 
when we have to prove that either Dave Meltzer doesn't know what he's talking about or he's trying to rile up his fans to control the narrative. He always, you know, my thing about oh Dave Meltzer. And you wonder why I love when love when Eric Bischoff um, disputes all of his bullshit. Well, my thing is like, you know, at the same time, it's a problem when it comes to news sources, when it comes to wrestling. They're, they're reporting on stuff. They do have, sometimes it's facts and sometimes there's uh, hearsay. And when you're doing a news program and it happens on regular news too, you want to get that news out fast. You have to be first. And now remember, in this day and age, news is fast, right? So right. I don't get too mad at when you when people report on things because they, you know, they got to make money. They have to get the news out. And they, a lot of good reporters will say, hey, listen, take this with a pinch of salt. This is what they're saying. You, you come up with your own conclusions. But this is what they're saying. I'm cool with people doing that. I am not cool when someone reports something and they're trying to state it as 100% irrefutable facts and they have nothing to go on but their inside source. Like, look, I know you can't give up your source because that person will definitely get fired. You lose your source. I get that. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, these companies, these all these like Meltzer and all these other guys, they've been doing it for so long that, you know, there's no repercussions if you're wrong or right. You're just going to get stuff out there and you just say, hey, look, that's what I heard. And it's true. He probably could have heard that. You know, the problem is when you hear stuff, we, is we, it I mean, a, here's the thing. When you hear stuff like that coming from Dave Meltzer, you have to literally break down every single word he says and analyze it because he's now speaking for, you know, he's speaking for AEW and that's their spokesperson. And he's just saying all this kind of stuff to rile up those people. Well, he's doing it for the attention, just like Cornette does what he does to rile up. Well, Cornette yeah. <laughs> rouls people. They like to shake ruffle feathers. That's their, that's their job. Cornette is not, not a freaking news journalist. No, no. He's definitely just carny trash, but he's funny as fuck. But whereas, you know, he's, you know, Dave Meltzer's in a, one of those gray areas of news reporting because it's wrestling. And unfortunately, with wrestling, it's a fake business. Like, we know what we're talking about, you know? Like, remember with the, I told you the guy from the Daily News, what was he called? The, uh, who's the Daily News reporter who used to wear oh, the mask? Was it? Wait, who are you talking about? There was a new, w, there was a, a wrestling uh, news reporter on the Daily News newspaper. I think oh, he was the called slammer. The, the Slammer. The Slammer. <laughs> like, half that motherfucker's shit was not based in anyone's reality and half his shit never was even fucking close. Dude, the last, the last time I've ever read anything from that bullshit, um, his bullshit section, was when he said that Sting was confirmed to sign with WWE in 2011. After they played that video. You know, I, was he was still writing even then? Oh my god. Yes, he was. I stopped watching, reading his shit back in like <laughs> 2000, 2001. I was like, this guy's fucking doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. But you know, I, I do give some leeway when it comes to reporting because it's it's you have to get. I, I understand like that's why I'm glad we don't with our with alternative minds that we don't just report news because the truth is, if we make one mistake, even if we thought it was pretty solid information. Then we're going to have to either retract it, leave an editorial saying that was a mistake, we got wrong information, and it's just too much headache, honestly. And it's it, where's it benefit us in the long run? 
All right. Got a bone so like, pick with Sean Ross Sepp also. Even though he's good with his reporting, the fact that a lot of times he hides it behind a paywall is quite shitty. Well, you know, he's got to make that's That's his money, right? That's his fucking money. I don't get mad at the guy for making money. I mean, shit. Dude, legitly, YouTube's not going to pay me. I'm not getting paid for another fucking listen to this shit. I'm so close to getting a pay to get paid from YouTube after all this bullshit we deal with. And the last two months, I put out more content on YouTube than I put out for most of the year. Fucking made zero dollars for the last two months. The views, I got views. I got, but so it's like, I can't get mad at him going, Oh, you want to read this motherfucker? No, no, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting mad at him, but he's one of those. Blue check, hold on. It's not like, um, <clears throat> Sonor is one of those blue check marks where he's established. Right. Why hide it behind a paywall? Look at fucking the New York Times you got to pay for. Every time I get an article, oh, read it on the New York Times. Can't fucking open the article. Everyone shares articles in New York Times. I'm assuming is everyone fucking paying for this? I can't get it because you have to pay for it. You know, oh, you want to read it? The started doing it pay. too. They're all doing it because that's where the money is, you know? You can't do clickbait articles no more because that's you know, people don't read that shit no more. So, like, you know, for me, our site is hemorrhaging, you know, losses. I just paid off. I just paid our uh, yearly you know, our yeah. pay, so we came to the website there. That came out of my pocket from my regular job. You know, it's just, it's not money there. I, could I put a paywall? Yeah, but why would I do that? Because that's not fair. For the people that really nah. come to our site, that's not fair. It's not their fault we're not, the money isn't there. It's, it's the whole, you know, algorithm and shit. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't get mad at them for doing it. But my problem is afterwards, you know, Melter's bullshit sometimes is it's 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 a problem because sometimes he will get this shit correct, and the problem is when he gets stuff correct, he said and he says so much stuff over the years that no matter how correct he can be, people go well you're correct this time asshole but you've done these mistakes and it's such <laughs> a fine line to walk that I do not that, want that, that's exactly ever. why I tell you whenever Dave Meltzer writes an article. Examine each and every single word by yeah. the syllable. Uh, hello, I just, Hey, doing at the right time. <laughs> That's a doing? voice we have. I, here's a question: Is she gonna kill us? Because normally when she comes on, like we get glitchy. So it's been good to have her back, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Especially when you start talking about Vince McMahon. Shh, don't do it. Don't do it yet. Don't do it. Wait, wait. wait. You just no, got no, on. No, we're not. We're not talking I know, about right? Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> how you been lately i've been good how you guys been we're here we're doing good let us sleep in somewhere so i'm doing good <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah get used to that i'll be fine yeah it's all good it's all good we all handle it differently and so you gotta you should tell what you said on twitter so we can get more people to give you suggestions yeah, so I've been in the WWE bubble for a very long time. Like during oh, the sorry, original. Sorry to interrupt. Did you get a new microphone? Did I get a new microphone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on my computer. Do I sound oh, okay, better? Okay, okay. Yeah, you sound much better. You much sound fantastic. Better. Okay. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah, I got a. I'm on my computer. Uh, so, you know, it's, I'm in my living room. So that's why I normally aren't. I'm not on my computer that much because my kids will start walking back and forth <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but they know to stay upstairs right now. Plus, my son, he's at that age where he'll stay on his, uh, he'll stay on the PlayStation for the rest of the day. So 
Okay, great. Uh, the greatest babysitter in the world, technology. Yes. Leave, leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> they just go to him like, hey, don't fuck up my save files. Go. <laughs> and both my kids are gamers, so it works perfectly. I know after a certain time, like, they'll be quiet in the house because they're both in their rooms. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> but yeah, oh, during, ahead, yeah, during the original Monday Night Wars, I was like team WWE. So I slightly mm-hmm. understand how people feel today with this NXT, I mean, uh, WWE versus AEW. But I was in such a bubble. Like I did see a little bit of WCW and ECW, but I mm. felt like I was like cheating on WWE. Like it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. I can't I, cheat on you, baby. I, can't I cheat know. On you. <laughs> like I was acting like I was getting paid by WWE. Mm-hmm. And so I missed a lot of matches and stuff like that. And so, you know, I started getting into like noticing more of the indies probably like maybe six, seven years ago. And I'm like, damn, I like really missed a lot of stuff that has been going on this whole time. And plus NXT helped out a lot too, that you see a lot of, you know, names from the indies and you're like, oh, I like this person. And you want to check out to see like, what did they do before, especially before they go to the main roster. So what I decided to do, I'm doing more on my YouTube channel and I decided to do some reactions um because last year i had um asked for suggestions for halloween havoc like the best matches and that was the first time i watched um eddie guerrero versus Rey mysterio nice. at halloween havoc and i was awesome. like damn i and i was like so upset because i was like had i watched it you know when it actually happened i probably would have watched wcw a lot more because what i really loved about WWE, you know back in the day was that cruiserweight division and a lot of them came from WCW. And so um, I put out a suggestion for the YouTube channel to give me suggestions of, you know, matches, promos, good, bad, worse, whatever, uh, for me to react to. And I asked for like, uh, you know, New Japan, Ring of Honor, even like ECW, some things I've seen, but, you know, I'll still like, if I haven't seen it, I'll still react to it anyway. Um, I mentioned uh, what New Japan, ECW, Ring of Honor, like any type of indies that, you know, you want me to react to or, you know, just to let me know on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to be sending you stuff probably almost every day now because Good. I have I have been catching up on some stuff that I used to watch. I didn't watch because uh, I didn't see a lot of PWG. Mm-hmm. I saw lots of CZW and I don't know why. But <laughs> I wow. did. But I can recommend, recommend you a WCW match, and I've watched this once a year a few times. Uh, Booker T versus Mortis, aka Chris Canyon, on the nice. January nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight edition of Nitro. Okay. The, the ending of that match is quite impressive. That's all I can say. It's a good, especially right after the Dark Side of the Ring with with Chris Canyon. You wanna. Get to see yeah. some of the stuff when he when he got to see some good stuff. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be sending, I'm gonna be sending you so much random shit because I've been watching a lot of <laughs> stuff. You know, like I gave you a decent stuff. I think you know when it comes to ECW, there's so much stuff. But I wanted to give you something that had a good rivalry. That's what's in Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Oh, Tanaka, mm-hmm. uh, great. I mean, fuck the stuff they did together. I've been watching. I found a YouTube channel that has all FMW. 
the whole nice. collection of FMW full collections. Lots, uh, lots and lots of exploding rings. Well, actually, a lot of stuff is cool. There is a lot of that because, you know, that was the big deal. But honestly, they just like how people shit on ECW saying, oh, it was all hardcore when it really wasn't. FMW actually had a lot of regular matches, too, which the problem is I never saw the regular matches because every collection I used to get back in the day was just fucking sharks jumping over fire. And I'm like, the <laughs> fuck is this? Floating like, you cages, know? barbed wire, and all that shit. It's and then, like, then you find out, oh, no, they actually wrestled. Okay, cool. Let me see that shit. So, yeah. like, uh, I found I found this channel. I'm just going to send you over the channel so you can check it all out. And they're just full, full collection. You'll get to see the Gladiator, which is Mike Awesome. Lots of matches from Mike Awesome there. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good stuff. And then, like, you know, um, you'll see all these names that you'll, you know, if you've been watching AEW lately or if you're watching Impact or whatever, you'll start hearing these names. You'll be like, wait, I know this name or this name. And then that's, they're all in FMW, especially, especially early on. And, to see Terry Funk still able to use his body and not be a, a mostly broken, it's cool to see some of those matches. Uh, and to see a lively crowd in Japan. Right. FMW's crowd was not a typical Japanese crowd. They were rowdy. Like, they, it, it was, was They were rowdy like it was a rock concert. That's how yeah, explain nice. it. Nice. And that's not a very common thing for Japanese uh, fans. It's not. They don't, it's not a thing they do. Like, yeah. When I, I've been to like I mean at baseball games, yes, but not like they acted like American fans. Like and you go to a baseball game in Japan, they cheer, they chant, they have their thing. Uh, but the wrestling fans at FMW were like, holy shit. It was like they were rowdy. If you, if I was you like, watched wow. New Japan from the nineties and all Japan from the eighties to the nineties, and then watched FMW. They'll you'll realize the two companies I just said before are almost the same, and FMW when it comes to crowd is completely different. Completely different. They brought out the visceralness of the fans. I guess it's just like the way ECW did for the American fan base, right? Because everything we chant and we talk about now, everything you see crowds say was created from the ECW fan base. Mm-hmm. And so FMW had that in Japan. It was very weird to see. So I'll, I'll send you a bunch of that. And then it's actually, are actually not clusterfucks. There's actually some really good stuff out there from it. I, <laughs> I didn't know there was actually good shit from it because all the stuff I ever saw was just clusterfuck explosion, shit fucking shock matches. Right. And they actually have some really good stuff. You gotta check. It's easy to find the channel. You can just sit back and react. And it, it, it's really good stuff. And um, PWG has a lot of good shit too. More than I realized. Like, you know, everyone talks so much about uh, Ring of Honor being like mm-hmm. this place. Oh, PWG you guys want to talk, you guys want to talk about Ring of Honor real quick? Let's talk about Ring of Honor really quick. I think it's a good yeah. segue. Yeah. So the news broke last week that Sinclair is completely dropping the Ring of Honor name and branding, and they're going to pretty much have it reimagine. Um, reimagine. <laughs> yep. So Ring of Honor is going to be either delayed or gone up until 2022 and when it does come back it's going to be a different name this is quite sad because ring of honor ever since it's been out a lot of names that we see today came from them a lot of names and i think they it said they're coming back in april too with yes. pay-per-view so it's just that's it's tentative. It's tentative. I mean, if, yes if, they, if, they if that back. happens yeah i really hope they do because a lot of names especially with NXT and even AEW came from Ring of Honor, and yeah. it's a shame because they've been around for a very long time. On top of that, too, they're not—they're like the better quality version, just not 
production wise, like how I would think of TNA, like TNA mm -hmm. had, when they started, they had brought in some very good young talent. Of course you had slap nuts there, but whatever, <laughs> but, but you, you needed him because he ran the company. And let's be, let's be real. There's nothing you can do about that, but there's so much talent that was in TNA, right? Better production. Ring of Honor had the in ring that TNA should have had because mm -hmm. they, if they would have cut the fat of TNA, TNA and Ring of Honor would have been basically like the same thing, right? But Ring of Honor had just to say, hey, look, we can't be bringing in fucking uh, Jerry King Lawless' son and shit. Let's just get young talent and just go with it. And that's what Ring of Honor always did. Yes. And so you see a lot. And then once in a while, they would bring in an older wrestler, but they bring in someone who could fucking work a match. You know, someone, the fans didn't want to go, oh, piss break. They wanted to see that wrestler be there. You know what I'm saying? So so Ring of Honor having that lineage, like we never, that's another company just like TNA. Like they wouldn't die. They're a company that, that wouldn't die. Like TNA, even to this day, even as Impact, we've joked on this podcast, like, man, this fucking company won't die. You can't kill Impact. And here is Sinclair Broadcasting. It's fucking huge, bro. It's a huge corporation. Let me, let's get to Sinclair Broadcasting because back in 20, I believe it was 2010 or 2011, they bought Ring of Honor, and next thing you know, they they changed the look. They made it they made it much more presentable than the local right. indie, which was good. Is this the problem is years down the line, they never knew how to promote this promotion, nope. and it really affected them down the line too. And my thing you know, is, is hold on, my thing is yeah. is after that Madison Square Garden show, that to me is when the the rails started falling off. Yeah. They tried to do something special, and it should have been special. Problem is that who got to see it? That's the problem. Sinclair Broadcasting, your own fucking program can't be seen in anywhere. You couldn't yeah. get a deal for this show to be on any fucking where? You know how many people in North America really fucking want to watch Ring of Honor? Do you know how hard it is to watch Ring of Honor? Yeah. We talked about this it before. Is. And, and for me, going back to 2011, when they're yeah, do you remember Ustream or iPayPerView? You remember all that oh, shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was even discussions ten years ago. We had on this. Me and Rob had this show. Like, how are we going to watch this? How are we going to order this? What kind yeah. of oh we got to put in? That was yeah. such bullshit. But one thing I'll I'll give Ring of Honor the ups is, is that they did not lay off anyone during the pandemic. They employed every. They kept everyone employed until now. They yes. let every. I think it's an interesting concept to let everyone out of their contract, and then let's see where we go as our future. I'm okay with the concept of like you know, hey guys, we're gonna do a clean slate and, and reevaluate our company and streamline it. I was I'm cool with that because uh, Impact NWA had to do it. You know, everyone had to do. You have to do it. Uh, but at the end of the day, they kept everyone employed until they couldn't. And that was fair, more than fair. It took almost two years. Um, problem is that they're, they're, what are they streamlining to? What are they reimagining? And the, the possibility that them wanting to sell their tape library, which is smart. Uh, anybody would want that. Let's be real. Like, you know, uh, AEW could use a, it. Here's the Impact, thing about this. WWE could use it. You know, go ahead. I want to bring up the tape library because there's a misconception going around that it's the entire tape library from the first year. It's not. It'll be from when Sinclair took over up until now. Pretty much meaning from 2011 up until 2020. Still, that's not bad tape library. Yeah, no, it's not a bad tape library, but it's just something I have to 
make clear. But you know, who where is the older ones then? Huh, ask Rob Feinstein that question. Uh, well, he owns it. Is that what it is? Yes. Oh, that's the guy who does the RF videos, yes. right? Well, if he needs money, he can sell it. Someone's going to yeah, want it. Will. Yeah, somebody People, will want it. At some point in time, someone's going to get that off him because... Um, the thing is, after they get them off, how much of the licensed music they're going to have to edit out? Yeah. Once again, that's that's the least of the problems. Uh, music issue is it's always going to be a problem. WWE won't pay for fucking most music. Let's go. How many fucking pay-per-views they had the special guests and they did not on. They edited them out, right? It happens all the time. It happens. Once a 10-year gap runs out, it's over. You're not going to have it no more, right? Like when ECW had the one-night stand and hell, the music, you knew when it came on DVD that shit wasn't going to be there. And none of it was, you know? Uh, that was just one of those things you knew was going to happen. Uh, that's why we have, uh, you know, archive.org, which archive.org, the fans upload all the shit with the original the way it was originally broadcasted so the fans could have their own. Like if you're that diehard, go help support that community. We, we talk about game preservation, right? This is the yes. same thing. You want the original broadcasting, not just the matches. We don't want anything edited. Yeah. Take the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Okay. Roddy Piper, half blackface is fucking terrible. But at that time, people were not mad about it. It was inappropriate. It's wrong, but it was something that happened. DX coming out in fucking blackface, fucking terrible. But this shit exists. Mm-hmm. Even on DuckTales on Disney Plus, they put a before every episode that could be offensive, they put a blurb that says, When this was created, it was norm, it was disrespect. We know the connotations. This is going to offend people, please, but we will not edit the original content. You know, viewer discretion advised. That is all anyone has to do with anything that could be considered racist because at the end of the day, when you hide mistakes, you are doomed to fucking repeat it. We've said this on the show a million times. Uh, can't hide, keep hiding and hiding. This is history. Fucking hiding Benoit. It. You can't hide Benoit. Yes, he's do not justify his actions, but he was a part of that company. He was not an evil, murdering, villainous person. Until 2000, what was it, seven? Seven. That's yes, right, 2007, yeah, right? Seven. Mm-hmm. So what he did before was not the man that you saw who murdered. It's sad to say. It's not the coolest thing in the world. But you, you, you erase people. Erasing people doesn't fix the issue. It puts a fucking Band-Aid on a fucking sinking ship. Oh, so well, you need... not, let's ask Disney Plus to put back that Michael Jackson episode of The Simpsons. What uh, the fuck? They haven't put that back yet. It's so no, fucking they haven't annoying. Put it back yet. And because the actually, can, the only way you can see it is if you buy the uh, Blu-ray or DVD yeah. set from that season. Well, here's the thing about that. What really pisses me off is that they did that because of the connotations of Michael Jackson. But here's the thing that you could have argued. We don't know if the recording of the audio was actually Michael or not. Because don't forget, one, one of the stipulations Michael had, because Michael's crazy, was that he had a sound alike. Who did all the dialogue and songs? He did a version, and the sound alike did a version. No one knows which version was submitted. Did you guys know about that? Yeah, I, I knew about that. So, so you could use that as an excuse. It may not have been Michael. It could have been his fucking his uh, voice stuff, but which he used a lot. He used a lot when he did stuff. Sometimes he didn't do his own voice, and he would he had a guy whose job was to be his voice. 
And that he did that a lot. When you're rich and, and you're eccentric and you're fucking nuts like Michael, you do that shit. It's, it's a normal thing because in real life, if I said to Julian, hey, I'm not going to talk today. I'm going to get someone who sounds just like me to take over. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But when you're filthy rich and, and, and you're unfucking touchable, it's normal. You're just you're not crazy. You're fucking eccentric. Right. But put that shit back on and just put a disclaimer. That's all you fucking have to do. And so when you, the tape library is losing the song, it's not a big deal. But if anyone has the original recordings, this is why archive.org exists. Share the shit. I have the original ECW pay-per-view on DVD. I recorded it from the pay-per-view night. So I have all the original music. I have the whole pay-per-view as it was broadcasted because I knew that night was never going to be ever published like that ever the fuck again. Like you said, because of the music, Jewel. And it, it, it's a thing. So go out of your way. You have the stuff. Let's preserve it. And that's the best thing we could do. Another big thing that came out is that Sinclair is also about $12 billion in debt. So how that happened, I don't know. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, $12 billion. Dang. And debt. So, so now the wrestlers are fucked. You know what the worst part is? That uh, a lot of the rest, they all got cut, right? So uh, they all got cut. They all got let go no, in the same day. They're all getting cut. Because, um, no, 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 they're still technically, having two- yeah, they still have two more shows in the coming they, weeks. They do, but the thing is that technically they are like, it's a weird stipulation. They are no longer employed, but there are these things. We're paying you two, and we ask you to do this two shows. So it was like they technically are cut. They're not, get, they're not getting cut. They were released of their contract. But there's a stipulation, just like it's like how WWE is like, oh, you get 90 days. It's yeah. not 90 days. They are cut. They are done. Every wrestler has been gone. But we have these certain things to do. You're being paid for this time. We want you to do this, but you are allowed to do more outside bookings or whatever you want to do if you want. But they asked them to, hey, can you make these pay-per-views? What happens? Fucking Danhausen. And another wrestler just did an indie show on Halloween and he fucking got hurt. He broke his fucking leg, bro. Dude, his tibia I, I and that. his fibula. Dude, I saw that and it goes back to my conversations with Tony Khan. This guy should not, even though this wasn't an AEW guy, but he should not let all these AEW guys go onto these trash indie shows. Well, at the same time, it's like, I think that's why, the I think I... How the contract? I mean, do you working. would you do, do you would you, if you was the owner of the NBA in the nineties and you found out Michael Jordan was playing a pickup game and got injured? How would you feel? Uh, no, that's that's wrong. You gotta see what's in the. But the idea is that I think they have Question, a different. How would you con- feel? No, it's stupid. But here's the problem: is that <laughs> their contract. The reason why a lot of these wrestlers are willing to do AEW, especially because their contract gives them that leeway. But with understipulated rules, okay, if this is going to hurt your character, we will not let you do this. We have final say-so. You can do these shows. And I think that's what gives them the want to work for AEW is because, okay, I can still go do any convention I want without having to wait AEW to approve it. I don't have to wait for AEW to approve it. I don't go to my friend's wrestling show. I don't have to wrestle under me. I can show up as myself. And I think that gives these wrestlers – the want to work for a company where they have a little more freedom. With right. that freedom comes uh, stipulations. Doing a wrestling match is cool. I mean, hey, you got you're gonna wrestle, you're gonna wrestle, and that being used is fine. Um, what what certain wrestlers are doing, like you know, I wouldn't 
I would not feel comfortable with wrestlers doing fucking anything with fucking Nick Gage, personally. No. Or any, right. any of that, uh, that that's me. stuff match wrestling. Yeah, that, that, that's too yeah. much of a... That, to me, is just... Uh, it's not worth it in the long run. But to me, as a wrestling fan, I think the best part about this is if I... Also, when I had wrestlers and we wrestled, the coolest thing is that I can take my talent. They can go somewhere else. They can develop their character and still bring their character. Basically, what's really cool about this, they don't have to hide that it's Evil Uno showing up at a Game Changer Wrestling or whatever wrestling shows up in Canada. But everyone knows who he is. He represents the company, right? Hey, that's AEW guy. I love that guy. He does a match, has a match. Boom. It's cool. It's over. He goes home. The fans get to meet him. The fans will go, hey. I like what he did. My local show, he was really cool to me. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to turn into this show. It's there's a lot of benefits to them doing this, within reasons. But an injury is going to happen. I don't know what the spot was because I don't know exactly how he got hurt. But I know it was two wrestlers got hurt, and I know I know Warhorse was with him. But I don't know how he fucking broke his fucking leg because Danhausen's not a crazy wrestler. He's not like a, a fucking crazy flippity guy. That's not his gig. So how the fuck did he get hurt? I still don't know. Someone said they saw the spot, but I don't. I didn't see it. So it was like either a fan camera because it was like a local show, but I don't know. So I feel bad for that guy. It's like, damn, now, even if he wanted to go somewhere else, like he's fucking, he's, he's sidelined. That's a fucking bad break. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's got a huge momentum, this character. I fucking love him. I think he's hysterical. In fact, my friends actually got a cameo of him for my birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I posted on Instagram. <laughs> I, I was like, what's this? And my, crystal, my wife's like, open it. I'm like, is that fucking Danhausen? I click on it. All in character. It goes Bill Hausen and Shaq Hausen and Crystal and Rebecca Hausen. Want me to wish you, Rob Hausen, a very happy birthday. But I will not share it. I came up with it. Was, it was hysterical. It was so fucking cool. And he only does it once a week. So they had to order it a month in advance. So it was very cool. And it was really nice. And like, it was very funny. Completely character. You know, very evil. Very nice. The whole gimmick. Yeah. And He's really made a name for himself without having to be. I'm, that's what I'm loving about what I see with wrestlers. You know, you get into wrestling because you want to do it, right? You want to create your character. You want to, you know, if you can get your character over, that's great shit. I love to see that. You know, you want to, I don't, I don't want to see Sorry, people being somebody else. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say it's a very sad situation with Ring of Honor because, yeah, again, a lot of these guys. They're in WWE now. They came from there, and some of the style yeah. from Ring of Honor is in WWE and in AEW and everywhere else. Yeah, you know it's a great place because there's there's great talent there, and there's guys that got a second coming, a third chance, and a fourth chance in Ring of Honor. Well, let's say like look at look at Jay Lethal, right? Jay Lethal did so much stuff. He was in Ring of Honor. He the stuff he did. I got to see him really more in TNA. Yeah, and I fucking love Jay Lethal. I know Black there's Machismo. some wrestlers. Yeah. Even before the Black Machismo stuff, he was just always good. But to me, it was like Jay Lethal as a character really defined himself. I got to see him in TNA, but he got to reestablish himself as a main eventer in Ring of Honor to show that he can carry a company on his back. I know some wrestlers were jealous or they had problems with him. And that's not for me to judge. I can only judge about the wrestler I've watched. You know, and I see Jay Lethal and I'm happy to see that guy because he, to me, was always a star. He was a great talker. He had a good sense of humor. He can give you high flying. He can give you a main event level match. He can do gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Like that's an all around wrestler. 
And how long has he been doing it? Fucking almost 20 years? You have yeah, just about, 20. right? <laughs> and to see like Ring of Honor cut everybody off, and that includes him, and you're like, wow, like that hurts. That, you know? Yeah. What do we uh, do now? You know? Yeah. Yeah, figure no, out where you all... gotta go for the until if yeah. you know they come back on top of that. Yeah. If they come, that's the whole point. There's a tentative pay-per-view for April. But it doesn't mean Sinclair doesn't, doesn't give up and say, fuck it, this is not worth our time. Right? That's a problem. If they reinvent themselves, what are they going to do? Ring of Honor 2.0? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, not going to knock NXT 2.0 because outside of their Nickelodeon kids' colors, I do like the I like the presentation. The there, there, was nothing, there was nothing wrong with NXT. You want to brighten it up? Cool. But we've said this before. The product, the wrestlers were good. The talent was good. It was also a place with new talent come in and established talent. It's called the wrestling company. That's what you do. Like, you know, you want to bring Braun Breaker in? Fucking whatever. Get him going. Cool. He's the you know, best thing going on over there. <laughs> and well, he was still worked in, in, in the original NXT on top of that, Absolutely. Too. 100% it's just he that worked. They want to bring out this... Uh, this Wendy Williams TV show and all the ridiculous, you know, they want to, well, they, they don't want the indie wrestlers because they want to be able to create their own characters. They're sick and tired of the name. Of, yeah, exactly. That some people that they can reimagine, reimagine themselves so they can, you know, say, Hey, this is our thing. And then put them so that they can easily just go up to raw and we can not, you know, sit here and complain because you want to change up, Adam Cole's name allegedly and cut his hair mm. and all this other stuff. And I saw not what have, they did. Have him wrestle. Yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> have him wrestle. And I saw what yeah. they did with Kushida. And yeah. it's like, it's crazy. You know, crazy. You bring up a good point. Like the idea is like, if you just wanted to own it, then when you brought them into NXT, just should have just said, hey, look, I'm not taking you in unless you all change your name. Should have just done it because right. you know what? You did it for some guys, but you didn't do it for everybody. Exactly. You know what? It would be disrespectful to do that to Samoa Joe. It would be mm-hmm. disrespectful to do a guy like AJ Styles. It would be disrespectful to do it with a guy like Bobby Roode and Eric Young. And like, uh, honestly, should never done it to Kevin Owens. But I'm glad they did because Kevin Steen is Kevin Steen. You know, he he's still Kevin Owens. It's the same fucking guy. You know, I mean, Kevin it, Owens came up with that name though. Well, no, I know because oh, Owen Hart's his favorite wrestler. His son's name is Owen. He named himself after it. So there's a reason for it. But he was able to do that because Dusty, right? Dusty allowed it. Because that Dusty was Rhodes, different. You know, Dusty was about that. So, but mm-hmm. the idea is, like I'm saying, a lot of these wrestlers got to keep their names, and they come in uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Like you go to fucking change Shinsuke Nakamura. Look what they did to Kira Tozawa. He's literally running around like a fucking ninja on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and you know what? That's how they see Asian wrestlers. And you want to say, oh, that's not how they see Asian wrestlers? Okay, because bullshit. Look what they're doing to all of them. Other than Shinsuke and Asuka. Oh, by the way, she's not even on fucking TV. Nope. And then, and, and there's other wrestlers that have been injured that they still allowed to work and do stuff with, you know? But they shelved her. Shinsuke, they gave him a crown. So we have a king in the ring tournament. Shinsuke is not even in. He's, he doesn't fucking win it. So is he still the king? Shinsuke not going to win? What the fuck's going to happen there? Does it fucking matter? Because it doesn't make sense. Well, NXT was the idea was that you could have kept the gold and black. It had nothing to do with the color reimagining. It was the fact that they wouldn't own people. Well, you still don't own Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, a lot of the guys. But you take Scott, Stein, uh, Scott Steiner's nephew. I feel bad we don't just call Rick Steiner's son. I'm always radically going because he's. I feel like he's way more like Scott than he, he is, is like his dad. You know, is. which is fine because it's a Scott Steiner's charismatic. 
Do you think Dude. do you think that Triple H still has some um hate against Scott Steiner? That's why they was like, yeah, you better change your name, kid. You know, that's a funny. That's a funny like uh, you know, a conspiracy theory. I think honestly, they said it the best. They just want to own the fucking name. I get it because if it's a Steiner name, they don't get to own it. You know, they don't. Let's be real. They don't get to own it if it's a Steiner name. Yeah, uh, people it, reference it, his uncle and his dad. On top of that, they want to be able to say this is our character. This is our thing. It has nothing to do with the but Steiners. But the people only honestly, no disrespect to Braun Breaker. He's very good. He's still a little green. He's got a way to go. He makes some mistakes. It's fine. Hey, he's he's gonna learn. He's great. Is that the people are popping because when he pops and does the moves of the Steiner brothers, people pop because they know what it's a reference to. Yeah. So ignoring it is also kind of foolish because his pop, you watch the match. People love him, but they also get dead. And then he does the Steiner recliner. He'll do the Frankensteiner. He'll do this. Then people lose their shit, right? And the I fans think people, I think it. more people would lose the shit if he does the mannerisms of the entrance of the Steiners, too. If that would happen, which I don't think that would nah, go he's anywhere find near Vince, yeah. brother. <laughs> no, I, I mean, he'll find, he's got to find his own way. He's got to make it his own. You know, homage is just fine. Um, but I think that's the problem is that, like, that's my problem with anything at the 2.0 is that like it, there's no need for that. You want to establish change. You could change it without having to change the name because nobody wants to call it NXT 2.0. They're still going to refer to it. It's NXT. It's what it is. You know, oh, you want to wow. change the setting, change the setting. Cool. So they just don't want the I... indie wrestlers. That's all that is. They don't want people to say, I don't like this. I want to be able to have my own character. I want to do my own promo. They want to have, you know, bring in all these people who don't have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of history in the indies so that they can say, hey, read off this promo. This is your character. You're going to do this show and not even wrestle mm. and not even enjoy catering. Exactly. Oh, enjoy you. catering and you'll be happy about it. Yeah. I think WWE wanted to this to be an actual developmental promotion instead of a super indie. That makes no sense because why? If that was the case, then why allegedly they were upset that they had low ratings? Because this isn't going to bring really a lot of people to watch it. If you're going to say this is a true developmental and it's on, you know, TV, I can see I if mean, it was on like Peacock or WWE Network or whatever. But if like you're putting a, like this on TV, yeah. yeah, if you put it on TV, like you got to present something to bring people to watch it. And people on network television, on yeah. network television, you, you only really have what three people that people of your new of the new squad who people really like and on top of. So like half of your show is nothing but bathroom breaks. You see, here's the thing I was going to bring up, too. I, I think that theory of they wanted to get out of the super indie promotion um, stick is because a few years ago when indie promotions was going wild, especially over in the UK, what was Triple H doing? Going to all these indie shows and scouting talent. Now that they had he was Pac-Man in yeah. it. Wampa, wampa, wampa. <laughs> now, <laughs> now that they had him, AEW freaking launched and they got their ass kicked. So they had to go back to what they was before, which is developmental promotion. But how does USA feel about like, oh, wait, we, we paid you to give us this show and you knocked it back down? Like, you know, it's I think we'll I probably mean, find out at the next quarter, um, the next yeah, quarter earnings report. 100 percent, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, 
what people like and don't like mean nothing. It's what the what the network wants. Uh, none of us matter. We know that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's like, all right, cool. You want to have a developmental? That's great. I get it. Developmentals. The, I, I hate the term developmental because, like I said back in the day, there was no developmental. Everywhere you worked was developmental because you worked and you went to a small town and you worked. You went to this town and you worked and you learned the business and you learned how to work and how to get your character over. Like I said, there's very few characters in the 80s that Vince Man ever fucking created. He was built on the backs of guys he stole from other shows who were already established talents. Okay. Like I said, JYD was super over where he was. Piper was super over. Sergeant Slaughter was super over. Iron Sheik was fucking a made man. You know what I'm saying? These aren't talents that were Vince's creation. Vince, I made them say this. You think they ever gave fucking Iron Sheik a script? Like, give me a fucking break. Like, no, you didn't give them a script. They, you talk to them about what you're going to do, and they you, you, and how you know, go watch the the blooper reels from WWF from back in the day. These guys were riffing as they would go through stuff because they they were the talents that had to come up with the promos and tell the stories to get to the finalized. All they had to do was, hey, look, I need you to get to this point to sell this show to get to this date, make it happen, and the talent made the storylines. When there became too much interference and when guys like Vince Russo became writers and like big deals, all of a sudden here comes all these fucking scripts. Now you're making wrestlers into actors, which they're not. Some are. Mm-hmm. Most aren't. And it's not natural. Like CM Punk will tell you, that's not how I talk. I'm not going to say this. This doesn't make sense. Tell me what you want me to say. I will say it my way. Every character has to do that. Because that's legitimately how you feel for a character. You know, when you're reading, watching a guy like Snitsky try to cut a promo when he's trying to remember what he's saying, it's painful. Mm-hmm. When you watch certain guys cut promos and you see that they have to, they forgot the line or they missed their cue, dude, this is live, pal. And you're like, well, that was fucking terrible. Do you think the wrestler wanted to fuck that up? No. Just tell them what they should be doing and let them go at it. And you've seen the unscripted promos that WWE allow, like John Cena and certain guys doing, were better than anything else you ever saw. And we praised those promos. They were unscripted, just slightly tweaked and modified from basically riffing with uh, 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 the content writer. Okay, look, this is what we should do. Cool. Let them get to it themselves. And that they're that's not what they're doing and this is what they've not been doing for years and the truth is when you get a fire promo from like a guy like eddie kingston or you get a great promo from a guy like um i'm trying to think like um what's his name for impact not sammy callahan but one of those guys you hear them like cut a promo and let them go and wow that was really good eric young could cut a promo no fucking problem dude Mm -hmm. listen eric young when eric young was in and impact right before he sand the whole thing with Sandy and Eric was being that you know what he was. It was amazing to watch him. Like this dude actually can talk. This is fucking great. Let him go. Let him fucking talk. And and like so it's like when you shove a script and make them you have to say these lines. It's like oh man that's it's it's painful. Some guys are natural at it. Some guys can make it work, but it's painful. 
Remember what the crime time said? They were out there and they got the script and they were in England, right? And they had a pound versus the euro. And uh, the guy who died, Gaspar? Shaq Gaspar. He said to the to the to the agent, like, look, this is the UK. They don't use euro, they use pounds. And the, the agent said, Well, if you want to correct the writer and Vince by saying <laughs> pounds, that's on you. Go right up to his office. So yep. he's like, Well, I'm not going to do that. They go out and he said, We're going to look like idiots, they're going to boo us and wear the baby faces because we're going to say the wrong money. They go, We're going to look like idiots. What happens? They go out, they do exactly what they wanted them to do, and they got booed. All right, since you said one of the agents, and this must have been a mid to late 2000s, kind of make a checklist. Either Dane Malenko, Arn Anderson, Michael P.S. Hayes, uh, the head writer of Raw, or... It was one of the writers, yeah. I think it was one of the writers. I don't think it was the agent. It was one of the writers, because they went to the agent. I think they went to the agent, and the agent's like, hey, that's on you. He went to the writer, and the writer's like, this is what Vince wants. They did this exactly how you can sell it. It's going to be perfect. But dude, uh, we're in the UK. Johnny Ace was, Johnny Ace was my probably. It was one. most likely. It was, <laughs> you know, it's probably Johnny Ace. <laughs> and sure enough, they got fucking booed. And they knew it. Like, if you ever watched the video, go watch the video again. You can see on their faces, like, I know it. Like, I know it. You know, I should have called an audible and said what was the right thing. It got chewed out for it, but they were afraid to. And once again, that's also fucked up. It's like if you're working for a company, it's supposed to be a collaborative thing. And you're like, hey, you know, that's not the right money. Hey, oh shit, you're right. Let's fix it. You know, hmm. let's get the biggest pop we can get. It's come on. Look how fucking Hulk Hogan when he fucked up with fucking super silver dome and the super dome. He they fucking murdered him. They hey, fucking hey, that was at least funny though. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, that was his slip up. That wasn't like the script. But if they're willing to do that for a slip up. Imagine when this is written and they could have prevented that and they refused to want to be told wrong. That's yeah, a think, really, that's dude, a weird environment. You can say as much as we want about Hogan, but 1997 Hogan being given a script, he was, he would be like, that doesn't work for me, brother. No one was. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this. I'm not losing. I'm not losing. I'm not showing exactly. up. <laughs> but you not know, whatever is wrong. Speaking of I don't which, think that um, works for me. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, the whole thing with Charlotte and um, Becky Lynch, that to oh. me speaks work. 100%. Don't See, care if it's real. I think it's a work. I feel that they, they're trying a, for some a bunch reason. Of, now, if it's not a work, I will say this. A bunch of crybabies who think that the one or the other shit doesn't stink. With their prima donna attitudes. Well, I, I think the problem is at the end of the day, is if it's a work, it's it's terrible because mm-hmm. they've been doing this with Nia Jax for two weeks in a row. They tried it and it, it was terrible. Uh, I think this was just badly done. If this was for real and Charlotte did this, all right, my question is why? Okay. And you don't care. Yeah. But my, my question is, why are you doing when any wrestler does stuff like this? My curiosity always becomes like, why are you doing this? What's your where in your logic is is this reason coming from? Because you're not you never did it before. Why is it happening now? OK, no, everyone wants to blame. 
I, I, it's easy. The, the narrative is always to blame the talent, always, right, right away. My curiosity is, why did the talent do this? Yeah, I think I think the writers or the agents should have got blamed for this because that was an awful segment on SmackDown a few weeks back. There should awful, be a no reason awful, for a handoff. Did, I even think when it was, the, that was a dumb idea. Even when, when they hated like, titles, even, yeah. even when Big E and um, I'm sorry, Big E, the New Day and Steve Prophets yep. did it last year. It was just a switch, Terrible. even though yeah, we thought that was, was stupid. stupid too. But if you watch that and you watch what happened a few weeks ago, you see which one is classier. It doesn't matter if it's classy. Either way, it just it's it just seems it's counter. Stupid, it's counterproductive. Yeah, it, it, it's foolish looking because it's like, all right, well, here's the tile switch, and so then you have this inflated uh, records holders like the New Day, like they have a, a a title. They have this title now, this title. No, but they never fought for that title. There was no match involved. No one dropped the title. They just handed it over. But they count it as now they're this title holder. So it a in there. I know it's fictional. I know title reigns don't really mean anything. I get it. I, but as of watching it on TV, the logic is now they are this many times of the Raw title, this many times of the SmackDown title. But they really aren't because Street Profits and the New Day just here. That's yours now. It should be a null and void because it was a switchover. It's just a color swap. It's not. It's it, yours is red now. Yours is blue. It, that's all it was, but it, it it becomes a title holding. Now wrestling has had this before because it's fake. They handed the title to somebody. Hey, you're now the champion. I mean, they've done that before, and it's supposed to count. Mm. But we we could also you could have just done a thing where um you've had matches, which would be a funny thing for wrestling is to have wrestling matches. You know you're leading into the draft. There's a way to have these matches occur just to have some wrestling matches. <laughs> and then it would have felt less condescending, you know? Yeah, they'd rather have the drama than the match. I feel as though it was WWE's fault because it makes zero sense for, and just based off the characters, for Charlotte or big time Bex, as they call her, to yeah. simply hand each other a title after they have shown this long history that they have between each other, mm-hmm. going far back to when Becky Lynch became the man. And you expect them to become like this. It was. It feels like the whole Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler, this whole fremenies, but we're going to be cool right now about it because <laughs> of this situation on top of that. And I felt as though it was... I, if, and if it was, you know, very serious, I feel as though that it was stupid. First of all, stupid to have someone who calls themselves the queen and feels yep. as though they're above everyone else to hand over a title. Right. First of all, because the way it played out, Becky went for the title first because she wanted to hold up both titles because everyone was chanting uh, mm-hmm. Becky, two belts, Becky two belts, which is a slap in Charlotte in the character Charlotte's face because it's like. I've been working hard while you were home, you know, Mm -hmm. during your time. And now as soon as you come back, everyone wants you to have my title. So I felt as though it was in her character to throw it on the floor and say, you want to take it from me? Exactly. Here it is on the floor. Pick up where you belong. Exactly. And then when uh, Sonya Deville told her to pick it up and then she sat there and picked it up. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then, you know, you hear the rumors and all this other stuff. And now it's like, 
if it's true that Becky is like this big hero and all this other stuff. And I feel as though if it's if it's true and you know, as far as Charlotte the person, I feel as though maybe she be she's like frustrated this whole time because we've seen her put her middle finger up, you know, to the yep. crowd and stuff like that, which is something you don't see unless you're Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, the situation around WrestleMania, whether you know what what they whatever said that true. she was pregnant and she's right. like, I'm not pregnant. Oh no, no, right. we, we see you're not gonna we're taking you off TV. And she wasn't pregnant. She was, yeah, I can't say her frustration. Yeah, uh, this this is a very good. And point. Andrade on top of that, the what happened with oh. him on top of it. Yeah. So if it's, I feels like it could be a combination of all that stuff. What happened with you her see? fiance? She's yeah. probably frustrated. What's going on with her dad? You mm-hmm. know that she's frustrated this whole time because she. Now I don't know if she wants to get out of the contract to be with her fiance. Well, but they're not gonna like let her out. They're That's not gonna not- let her out. Exactly. Like she's stuck there, and so if it feels like sort of like Shawn Michaels all over again. You have a person who realizes that they can probably do what they want without a lot of repercussions because what they're going to do, let her go. They can't let her go. They can't fire her. You can't really take her off TV because you have established her with such praise over your whole women's division because they don't know how to really build up any other characters. So now you're stuck with cycling through the same women over and over and over again and you need a heel now i mean you know you have becky that they're trying to push as a heel but not working still gets cheered exactly so your best heel is charlotte flair um and you can't even use sasha banks because sasha gets cheered on top of that so the only person who you really have that gets booed that gets that heat like that like you want in your heels is charlotte flair so i feel like wwe is to blame with this they put themselves in this position. You could easily build up to another woman to be a heel, or you know, played it off. Allegedly, she wanted to drop the title to Bianca Belair. They didn't want to do that. Um, I felt as though they could easily just had them drop the titles, but they really want to do this whole Charlotte Flair prop versus Becky Lynch for a Survivor Series, which we have seen before, you know, plenty of times. You see, so that's their fault. That's the thing I want to bring up. The way this was reported, since we now know that, well, because we knew that Charlotte's a hill, the way this was reported was fucking atrocious. And I laughed at every single one of them. Why? Because they had, in the subject lines, Charlotte was the one being the bully, or Charlotte was the one that's being hated, or Becky Lynch was um, shown to be the superhero here. Do you, do you, does anyone not pick up that crap narrative there? Based on who's a baby face and who's a heel. Yeah, I, I, I stopped listening to the rumors stuff like that. That's why I'm like, oh. people are like, oh, Becky, a- this. And I'm like, yo, I think it's, I said, it's more to the story. Like, I rather, mm-hmm. I want to hear Charlotte's side of the story. Yeah, rather hear like, it's from the so person easy. than from exactly. fucking Wake Keller or Sean Ross or any of those other fucking fools. Exactly. Well, it's at, so at end, easy at- to make Charlotte the heel of this and for Becky to be the face because that's what you want to have coming into survivor series and more likely yes, and because that's exactly, WWE has that attention they're gonna they're gonna play off of this very horribly like they've that's done exactly plenty of times why before. i said earlier about the dave Meltzer narrative shit and i'm glad every single time that eric bischoff um goes off the rails on him it, he does it without hesitation uh, i tell you one thing what drives me crazy about this whole situation that at the end of the day if she is frustrated and she's showing it you know 
she's a very as much as we say whatever we get sick of tired of seeing her she put when she's on she's on mm-hmm. yeah you know she doesn't give you five percent in her matches she's not bored in her fucking matches remember we joked about randy orton oh is he gonna really yeah. wrestle this time or is he gonna half <laughs> sleep through it yo charlotte gives 100 percent, and then you hear some of this bullshit with some of these wrestlers like oh you know she's supposed to be the heel but she's baby face moves i'm like it's fucking 2021 if charlotte does a fucking awesome i say moonsault from the fucking top rope yo that pops the crowd if she could do it and land it safely without hurting anybody mm-hmm. fuck you she's gonna she deserves to do it you know this this isn't fucking 1980s where the heel has to just do healer shit you could be heel and get popped sell shirts and still be a bad guy because a good bad guy can sell shirts and make you money you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it's stupid you you don't make charlotte action figures short fucking ring gear and fucking shell it fucking yeah, t-shirts yeah. if mm-hmm. you don't want them to sell how fucking stupid is that no disrespect to dana brooke fucking carmella and all these other motherfuckers but guess whose shirt's going to get bought first Heal or not heal, fucking Charlotte shirt Charlotte. because she delivers at a high caliber level. Yep, she is good, and maybe the it's champion the, it's the title reign. Rob, it's the right. restaurant analogy. If you mm-hmm. see one chain that's good and another one that's less than them, where do you think people are going to go for yeah. lunch? Mm-hmm. You're going to go to the one that's fucking that. It's the that's the shit, dude. Come on, but my promise at the end of the day is like. I hate the narrative that, oh, they're making me look bad and I'm supposed to be the baby face. Well, here's the thing, sweetheart. If you were as talented as you think you are, you should be able to either hang with this person and give a fucking five-star match or you look like a loser because you didn't get what was supposed to be handed to you. There is a difference. Every wrestler in most independent companies, they're going to give their all. All right? Is it, do they have to always give their all? No, but they do it for the fans. And yeah. also brings their stock up because you want that autograph at the end. You want them to buy your T-shirt at the end. Mm-hmm. When you work in WWE, you're getting paid straight, right? It doesn't matter. But, you know, the T-shirt's the bonus. Well, Charlotte, Becky, and fucking Sasha, and Bailey are the highest shirt sellers for women. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Bianca's right. getting there. Bianca's definitely getting there. She's not there yet, but she's getting there. You know? But, but at the end of the day, when you say, oh, she's like, you know, she's doing, you know, she's supposed to be healed, but she's doing baby face moves. I've never heard of something so stupid in the year 2021. Back in the 70s and 80s, yes, 100%, I believe that. Because that was a, there was a narrative they had to sell back then. Mm-hmm. But now, it's all about making sure, it's, as much as WWE says they're this, trust me, if, if their merch doesn't sell, they'd be very, very upset. Very upset if their merch doesn't sell. Oh, boy. You gotta oh, fucking make the merch money. You gotta make <laughs> the merch quick, money. Real quick before we go, um, Dark Side of the Ring. Let's talk about the last two episodes. XPW and a steroid trial. Started with XPW. Um, me and Rob, we talked about this before the show aired, but JD, how much did you do about XPW before Dark Side of the Ring? Um I didn't. I knew about the uh steroid trials, of course. I didn't get a chance to see either episodes um oh no oh man yeah, i know i know i feel bad even when i talk about it in front of no you like can still talk it. about it I'm i feel like gonna, you're ruined i'm still gonna watch it like <laughs> i i can't i i want to watch the uh i didn't even get a chance to watch the luna episode you know that's a good oh, one man. that's a really that's I, a really good one 
Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a good one. I, I love Luna Vachon, you know, yeah. back in the day. And <laughs> I didn't even know her son was actually a contestant on Hell's, um, Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, which I, I was when I saw him, I was like, I, I was like, I know that face. And I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> I can't believe that was him. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the, Luna, the Luna one, me and Rob uh, described the best. Uh, one that always lived the gimmick and did not know how to turn off. Like yeah. the ultimate warrior. Once once Jim Howig left the house, the ultimate warrior came back. Yep. And never the two shall meet again. <laughs> yep. But uh XPW. Okay, really that quick. one was that one was wild. What's wild about it is that the guy was the biggest piece of shit. Rob I'm Black. sorry. Rob Black, the owner of XPW. Not because he made a porno business. That I don't care about that. Like, cool, you gotta make your money. If that if that's what helped you get a wrestling company started, more power to you. It's the idea that he was trying to tell wrestlers not to protect themselves. Yeah, As well, talk me, about that one guy um they focused on, Luke Hawks. Yeah. Was it the so, Messiah? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, there's another guy. I'm about to get up to it. Uh, they told his story on the episode. So for this guy named Luke Hawks, uh, JD, for one of his matches before the incident happened, oh, yeah. um, he went to the back of the curtain and Rob Black asked him, why, didn't, why did you hold your hands up, hands up during this chair shot? He, he screamed at him about that. So the next show... They did a segment where he would be handcuffed at the ring and he would not have to protect his head. And the other guy, I believe, what the hell was it? It was a big guy. He passed away a few years ago. Gave him about 10 unprotected chair shots to his head. While he was handcuffed. While he, he, hit handcuffed. Him so, he hit him so hard with the chair that they actually, that the, the one handcuff broke off yes. from the strap that was holding him up like in a Jesus pose. Wow. Sounds and just like said, uh, the Mankind's uh Yeah, but the difference situation. in the Mankind thing is that that was a situation that they had pre-approved Plans. between yeah. the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. This was this guy had no idea that this was happening. Because Rob Black said he's going to learn. It's like, learn what? To protect his fucking head because he didn't want to fucking get hurt? Like, bullshit is that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was It's disgusting because like he tried to talk shit about ECW, and I and he tell all these guys show up to the ECW show for the pay per view, and we wonder, and like, and wonder why Paul Heyman did not want to work with him. And then here's the best part: he wasn't even there himself. He hmm. said, "We're going to fight them, and we're going to do this." And ECW guys beat the fuck out of them. We wave two thousand, and we and we knew too. Like we talked about this, we talked about that pay per view years ago. Remember? Oh, we yeah. did like a watch along, if I'm not mistaken, at the main event. I think yeah, we so talked it was about watch along at the main event. And I remember talking about that and going like, yeah, there's no way that this ended peacefully and they got thrown out. Because that's how the narrative uh, WWE on the ECW pay-per-views were talking about. It was like, oh, no, you know, we threw them out. You know, nothing happened. Bullshit. New Jack's like, no, we fucking want, we beat the fuck out of those guys. Because <laughs> you, you knew they would because you saw Tommy Dreamer's face. Because those guys, and they never talk about it, try to touch Francine. You see it. It's hard to see it, but they either grabbed her or said something. You see it really quick, and she turned around first, cursed at them, and Tommy Dreamer got the fuck out of the ring, and then the whole locker room came the fuck out. Yeah, and, the and those guys in the parking lot, and those guys had those fucking XPW guys had no fucking clue what was coming at them. 
because this is fucking ECW guys, okay? Like this is like you're fucking dealing with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And but of course well, ECW by that time they're talking shit, but ECW ended up going out of business. So they he thought he won against ECW. It's like, no, yes. dude, you weren't even fucking on no one's radar. So you they know, also he, they also bring up the the new Jack and Vic Grimes incident. That's the story we already knew, but what I what we found out for the first time is that there was actually concept art for that dumb scaffold match. <laughs> concept art. <laughs> you saw that paper, man. Yeah. So so fucking stupid. And nothing about that was good. Nothing about that company was good. I'm sorry. Like I, I they, can't. The wrestlers was telling stories about how most times they would go to the locker rooms or in between the hallways. They was filming porn scenes at the same time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They, well, that's their, that's their bread and butter. The guy was oh obsessive compulsive. He lived a. Uh, he thought he was a rock star and unstoppable, and uh, he learned the hard way that he wasn't. Eventually, they got to him. It was one of those things like, oh, you know, it was a witch hunt. It's like, dude, your company was wrong. There was there was no business model. It was. Even ECW knew how to take care of their wrestlers. Yeah. And the wrestlers that worked at ECW, no matter what, even when they weren't getting paid, were like still willing to work with Paulie because he was a he was the man, you know. Was a national he, promotion. he actually knew what to do. Rob Black did not. His oh, acting geez. was fucking terrible. Those backstage <laughs> segments they filmed were terrible. And they never had a good match. There was never a good match on the show. It was just violent for violent sake. As much as we shit on GCW for that, if these guys didn't come out first, I don't think GCW would have done it or CCW would never done it. It, it. The XPW just didn't understand how to tell a story. At so least with other companies, like they had some decent wrestlers. So they do. They bring, bring up the story about Messiah, about how his thumb got cut off. What led to that is, yeah, what led to that is he slept with Rob Black's, um, I believe, his girlfriend wife. or his wife. And he told her, yeah, he mobbed um, this off at an independent show. When I first heard this years ago, I thought it was a work, but Messiah told it for the first time on his documentary that he actually did slept with his wife. So what the happened? Sorry, yeah, go ahead. now what happened was really quick before you get on to that they were fighting all the time Rob Black and his wife were always fighting and she was a yeah. porn star he wouldn't let her be a porn star with anybody else but him which is fucking weird, that is weird. so when they would fight on each other since he was the baby of the company he was like the face of the company Messiah he was like the big deal he was like there he was their Tommy Dreamer let's say so she kept running to him and like he didn't do stuff at first, but eventually she's a porn star. He slept with her. It happens. And then so, they kept it kind of quiet, but eventually the information got out that they had sex. And so Rob Black. So then we get, decides, then we get to know, the incident. <clears throat> so I've watched it for America's Most Wanted, and that was the first time I've ever seen anything of XPW. Back in 2002. But now the full context of the story is right in front of our eyes. One night when he came home, he was turned on his Nintendo GameCube. When the screen for a moment went black, he assumed that it was his roommates coming in the door and didn't say anything until he turned his face around. Once he turned around, they pinned him down and cut his thumb off. Well, first, uh, they were get- the best part is they said the two shittiest fucking 
like whack jobs because like he was he was fighting them off. Yeah. But eventually they outnumbered him and they were able to cut off his thumb and he still beat them. Like he still got them. Like he even without his thumb, he fucking like beat them and then got to the door and they ended up running away. Like they yeah. were gassed. They fight one guy. So they were the worst fucking hitman ever. If he I guarantee get, you, if he, he would have known sorry. he if if he would have known that these guys would come at him, he probably could have taken them. But they had the element of surprise. So because right. mm-hmm. the two guys having trouble with one guy, that's fucking come on. Crazy. Yeah. So right after that, he tried to get up and open the door, which he could have because he needed his thumb. Yeah, you kind of need scary. a thumb to open it. Yeah, you kind of need that. I didn't think about that until he said it. I was like, oh, shit. He's actually right. He passed out on the floor and never um, found his uh, detached thumb. Yeah. So moments yeah, after, a, a few yeah. years after that, well, no, actually, no. Moments after that, maybe a few weeks later, when they was holding a talent meeting or one of the female wrestlers was speaking to him, Rob Black told her, you better be careful um, or else your fingers will get cut off. So that pretty much implicates that he sent those two guys to do this. They knew he did it. Come on. He thinks he's a gangster. And he the got gangster. away with this shit. He got, he, got, he got away with this shit, but he ended up going to jail because of the porn. Because he was making porn that they considered way too obscene. He, oh, he went oh, it was way not only that. He, he was on news channels challenging them to find it. Yeah, how stupid can you be to tell to challenge the government to find him? They did, and they seized all his shit. And you know what? But he was a hack. The movies aren't good. They weren't filmed well. They were shitly produced. Wait, you watched them? (laughs) Of course I did. Why? Yeah, because it was the early two thousands. You watched porn. That's what you do. Like you watch all kinds of shit. Okay. All kinds of you go to Kim's Rob, video. You go to on. Kim's video on Eighth Street in St. Mark's. You go. You buy your fucking your CDs from your overseas release DVDs, CDs of certain shit. And one section there's porn. You go, oh shit, what's this? Oh wow, that's a wrestling porn. Let me check that out. You know, and that shit happens. Okay, okay. I was going to say of all porn, why Rob Blacks? <laughs> You fucking pick up when they have big boobs on the cover. What the fuck, dude? Like, like, oh, like I was perusing who directed it and shit. Like, mm, I wonder. Oh, this is not my favorite director of this. Oh my god. Of the, of, uh, the big ass girl videos. No, I don't like this director. I don't like the way he films it. No, you fucking pick up. You go. This is the only thing when you say don't judge a book by its cover. Porn, you completely judge by the cover. You don't go by the celebrity <laughs> of the fucking star. It's fucking porn. In this day and age, you don't have to do that. You go to free websites, you can see anything you want to see. But back in the day, you picked up your Japanese anime on VHS, your, 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 your imported Japanese uh, cartoons that weren't available here in America, subbed by some idiot who just got a sub machine and he could like type in text and you found your porn. Because it, it was so funny because back then, porn, anime, and everything was basically in the same section. Even though anime had nothing to do with porn, it was such a subgenre of a subgenre in the video store, music store that they had called like Cam's Video, which was the East Village version of like, here's the shit that no one's supposed to have. That's where it was. <laughs> it was it, that's how it was. That's how it was. Yeah. You you picked up fucking like cutie honey from fucking anime and you fucking picked up, you know, Project Echo and a fucking copy of some porno. And then you'd go. 
I explained that's it. That's how I'm old. That's how we used to do it, man. I'm just saying, like back in the day, that's how you did it. You know, I didn't, I didn't have Wikipedia to let me know if this director was good at what he was doing. He just fucking picked it up. You know my anime, you know my shitty anime I picked up, not knowing if it was good enough. I just we could we didn't know because we took any anime we can get our hands on back then. On the burnt CDs. Oh, the CD, so, the, the VCDs, the VCDs. Oh, even worse. So, JD, that episode is insane. It's much more insane than Herb Abrams' UWF episode. Okay. Yeah, there is a difference between yeah, the two companies because one was actually like Herb actually tried. He and tried, but the Rob got didn't to him. give a fuck. <laughs> and Rob didn't give a fuck. Let's be real. Like, that's just how it is. What it sounds like. Yeah. The steroid trials was a very good one too. I was very surprised that Dark Side of the Ring tracked down Jerry McDevitt. Well, he was gonna make sure he lawyer. Looked, he, yeah, he was gonna make sure he looked good. Like, he definitely made himself look like he was untouchable. Yeah, I, I mean they, they opened got up the with lawyer. Jim Ross. Yeah, yeah, that Literally was Jim Ross. That was, <laughs> you want to get in trouble? Vince's right hand man off screen. Yeah. This guy is a uh, is definitely someone who finds loopholes in everything and makes sure he wins. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that I've always had a problem with a steroid trial. I uh, they made such a big thing, especially now learning that they had made Anbox steroids illegal in 1990. Uh, because of you know enhancement, uh, and then the science actually isn't there for that. The truth is, even to this day, the science of steroids saying that it enhances you to be better at what you do is not true. It's 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 there is no actual science. But the idea why you get in trouble is because you're refusing to just go on your own merit and try illegal substances. That's why you get in trouble. Like, yeah, you are not. That's exactly what Dr. Zaharan did in the 80s, well, the 70s, up until he got busted. Yeah. Now, that's the thing. Like, when Mark McGuire got in trouble with his steroids, it's like, Mark McGuire, there's no actual science saying that you hit the ball farther and better and more accurately with steroids. There's There are plenty of people who use steroids. Like, if I use steroids today, I'm not going to hit 80 home runs. It's not happening the science isn't there but the idea that he felt that he needed to use steroids is where the issue lies and it's with wrestling it doesn't make you a better wrestler hmm. it does not make you because if so Hulk Hogan be fucking luchador number one he's fucking not it's fucking these guys all <laughs> take steroids and the reason they took steroids and the truth is and we've said it a million times they wanted larger-than-life characters, or you weren't getting the spot you were getting. End of story. And that's what they should have went to court with. Not any other reason. Like, oh, he's making him take the steroids. You should have said he was implying that if you weren't larger-than-life. I mean, if uh, Rob, if they did, they can't prove that. They, well, th- there's more of a basis for that. Yeah, yeah, there's more of a basis, but they the can't, fear of losing they can't your job. legally prove it. Well, that you can fight for that. That would be the better leg to stand on. I mean, and also, this trial took place in Connecticut and not in New York. If this would no, have it took place in, the, in it, it, it took place in Long Island. I mean, sorry, yeah, Long Island, but not, in, not New York, in Connecticut. Not in Connecticut. 
But um, to go off the cliff notes here, the reason why WWE was being investigated is because once they, once the FBI seized Zohar's um, belongings in his office, yeah. they saw a picture up there with him, Vince, and Hulk Hogan. And that is what struck them to um, start the investigation. Yeah. He was there, if you didn't know, he was their doctor at like the MSG shows or whatever have you. Yeah. And they would always use him as their doctor on site to treat people. And so he would treat a guy and he, I, it was so cool to see Warlord. Yes, it was. You know, I was really shocked to see Warlord being a part of that documentary, but he never shitted on Vince either. You know, nobody, nobody shit on Vince saying like they made him do it. But the truth is there was an inherent that you have to be a certain mark. And, and that's just the thing, you know, um, at the end back of the day, then, that's all it was. Yeah. What about the thing with the neck brace, though? That's my favorite. It's if, even though I find it funny, it is actually true. Um, it, is, it was also the reason why Vince missed out on the 1994 King of the Ring. Fuck him. Hey, yeah, yeah, probably, too bad. Too bad. Too bad. He could use the steroids to fix his neck. Oh, he was on the trial for it. Oh, darn. <laughs> like, no, no fucks given. Anyway. <laughs> but it is kind of funny. He shows up in a neck brace to court. And they're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, hey, yeah, neck surgery, man. <laughs> Perfect well, timing. Was neck surgery an emergency, or do you think he did it before? I think just it was, before, I think it had to be emergency. Before more sympathy. It had to be emergency because he missed the King of the Ring pay per view. So he missed the pay per view. And it's not like nowadays when he doesn't miss any show. Back then, he missed lots of shows. He wasn't in a lot of that stuff, and. uh I believe no, but, that he's like no, but this was the first show he ever missed. That's what I'm trying to say. Eh, whatever. He get no ramifications from me. He's fine. So I uh, fuck him. Like he's good. He didn't go to jail once, so he's fine. But there's yeah. a lot of a lot. There's a lot of good stuff that came out of this episode. You're gonna really enjoy it, JD. Yeah, well, they they really did a good job as far as like really pulling a story out of. A lot of the stories that we already knew. They made a good show out of a wrestler. No one gave a fuck about Johnny Canine. Let's be fucking yeah. real. Like I gave no fucks about that dude, but it was still a good documentary to watch. Like I didn't fucking know fucking this guy was, nor did I care. Like you know. <laughs> yeah, that guy was insane. But um, what do you what what would you two like to see on season four? Hmm. Honestly, uh, I hope they do some stuff on some. Like, I want to hear more about like um, there's some like independent documentaries I've seen on wrestlers mm-hmm. that I would love for them to do their own version of. Uh, especially the British wrestler who did like the gay gimmick, like he was like the flamboyant uh, wrestler from the '80s, and uh, he, was it Scott Hall HL or something like that? Or I, is I can't one? remember. It's another guy. He. He wore lipstick. And he had the pigtails. Oh, Adrian Adonis? No, not Adrian Adonis. It was a British wrestler. A British wrestler. Oh, he's that British. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's British. I forget his name. I saw a documentary on him. It was an indie documentary. I like for them to do one. Uh, I want them to do one on Hayabusa. Uh, a proper, like, whole thing about just him. I mean, you, you know, think they uh, could because they already covered him on the FMW episode. Well, there's stuff about his whole life. There's more about it. And they didn't really show... It was about the company and Onita more than it was about Hayabusa. There's still ways to tell a story 
and pull something about his life. And, you know, I, I, this, I would love for them to, to pull some of these, you know, grab some of these indie guys, like some of these guys that have been indies for 25, 30 years that you can pull a story out of. There's gotta be a lot of people we can, that we don't know about that. that if you mean something about Johnny Canine, there's gotta be other wrestlers we can talk about like that. There's, there's tons of stories. You know, you need some catchy names. You need some big names, you know. You know, they could probably do something on, like, even, like, fucking Diamond Dallas Page for the fucking, you know. But get someone, get some big older names and do stuff, you know, on some of the indie guys. There's lots of guys out there. Mm-hmm. What about you, yeah. Teddy? Um, I, I do enjoy the stories of people who had uh, passed away. Um. You know, we get to know kind of like more the behind the scenes and stuff like that. Um, Because, you know, especially with a lot of things that happen in the 90s and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that we really don't have a lot of information about. Um, I would love for them to do something on like Mr. Perfect or like Crash Holly or yeah, Crash Holly. Mm -hmm. Because they did Luna. Why not Sherry? You know? Yeah. Yeah, they did, you know, because they did Pillman, they did Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's kind of tough, you know, especially once you get to um, some of the WWE ones. I mean, they did a good job as far as a lot of the people who were in WWE to kind of like get a story out of them. Um, but I would love for them to do more with that as well. I have a I list. I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna joke when we say Tommy Dreamer, but <laughs> <laughs> but that would be uh, his, his dark side already came out of that plane ride from hell episode. Seriously. Yeah, that was that was there was the joke. <laughs> okay, oh, I have a list, list of my own. Uh, Hardbody Harrison. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know who he is, but he was a WCW jobber. What happened with yep. him outside of wrestling was he was a um, he was a sex um, trafficker. Literally, oh, he was. He served life in prison to this day. That's right. That's Harry's, right. That's right. Harry Saturn. I would like to see an episode of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he his rough got his life got rough after he left WWE. Fucking terrible too. Yeah, it was terrible, especially since um there was a long period of time where he went missing in the public Legit eye. Gone. Yeah. Yes. Gone. And nobody. And he resurfaced about a decade later. Yeah. I like to see one of the heroes of wrestling show that paper. Oh, that they haven't done pay-per-view. that, right? I forgot they nope, never they actually actually did one. That you're right. You're right. I, I hope they do because that that was the first one of the first few of uh, non WCW or WWE pay per views where I thought it was a shit show. Oh, and the whole show was a shit show. I also like to see them do one on Chris Candido and Sonny on the same episode. Oof. That's, that's, yeah. that's gonna be a that's gonna be a hard one. <laughs> Anything with Sunny is gonna be a that's gonna be. Yeah, a... she just got arrested again. Um, yeah, a few ago. she got arrested again. I thought she just got, she was charging someone for beating her. That guy. Oh no! This this um, a, it's a new charge. It's a new one. Wow. What did she do now? What the fuck? I'm gonna link you up with Don Tony because he was the one who actually broke the news. Because I remember, like, literally, like, last week I heard her that she, remember, she was going to get like, a partner for a video, and then, like, he beat her, and so she, like, reported him for that, and now she's on another show. What the oh, fuck? My God. 
Wanda Bazzara, she was a female Mexican wrestler and she was also a serial killer. Right. I know mm-hmm. about that one. Yeah. I'd like to also see one with Larry Sweeney, um, independent wrestler who was also a manager, especially in the Ring of Honor days. He passed mm-hmm. away about maybe seven or eight years ago. He was one of those other guys like uh, uh, Chris Canyon or a, a few other guys that was very underrated, but um, his time was cut short. Yeah. So, yeah, the way he went out was just sad. Um, if he's in WWE next, depending if he's on WWE next year, um, Jeff Hardy or the Hardy Boys in general. Mm. I'd like to see one with um, Andrew Tess Martin. Oh, wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Marty Giannetti. Um, and Ooh, let's yeah. see here. I got a few more. Uh, gentleman Chris Adams from World Class Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his story was wild too, even though he was a great wrestler. Uh, Goldust, that's another one I would like to see. Dustin mm-hmm. Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else got my list? Uh, this might be a surprising one. And I think if they did this one, it will come out, it will um, have a dark side, but also end the episode on a good way. I'd like for them to take a stab at Sting. Right? Because, mm-hmm. like, he, he made like a, dark, a little. He, yeah, he, he had a dark side of his life. Yeah, he had a dark yeah. side of his life in the late '90s. He became a drinker, then he became a born again. So yeah, he had a whole bunch of uh, things. Didn't even he have like a fake like movie autobiography movie that he made about his life or some shit? Yes, he did. It's a really fucking terrible movie. <laughs> uh, it's really fucking terrible. I seriously uh, would like to see one do one of us thing. I like to see him do one of China. If they can they get could, that. Uh, they kind of can't because Vice already did one with China, which was sure. a horrible documentary. Yeah, man. That well, it was horrible because it was more like you saw the help that she needed and wasn't going to get. We needed to see it, but it doesn't mean you had to like it. Yep. Uh, did they, they didn't do Mike Awesome, right? No, they didn't. That's a, that was another that's, one I that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big That's when I really want to see because one of those that you want to talk about underrated wrestler. He wasn't under what's again like like Luna, right? He's one of those wrestlers that everyone saw him, loved him, but it just something didn't click with WCW. It didn't click with WWE, didn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. And even when he came back for the one night stand, he gave he the match of the night. Honestly. Yes. And they still didn't do nothing with him. And then he dies and they're like, Oh yeah, we were planning to have him come back. It's like you, always, you plan to have everyone come back after you say after the dead. Well, why did you, huh. the guy was fucking suffering and he was fucking suicidal. He was hoping to be called for a job. He needed help. He needed money. He was, felt like a loser and he killed himself. Like if that phone call could have come sooner, why didn't it? What were you exactly. waiting for? Like that's my understanding. Like if you wanted a talent like Mike Awesome who was just sitting there doing nothing, why didn't you call him back? You know, anyway. How to think, but is there any others on my list that I think I would like to see? Oh, let me see, let me see, let me see. At the end of the day, you want to see everybody. You kind of want to see every story. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I'm going back on my list. Um, Depending on who's alive now and who could tell the story, this one I think should, if this one, if it gets picked up for season four and if we get the topics. This one should be the season premiere for season four, the Ring Boy Scandal. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that was a big fucking clusterfuck, man. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah uh, and yeah. Patterson's not here, so <clears throat> that would depend who they could get. Yeah. Here's the problem. At the end of the day, it's one of those things like, would these guys really want to come out and talk about that? You know, getting the lady from the plane riding for hell was torture enough. Yes. You think these guys yeah. want to do that? You think they want to, you know, it's like, you know, it's 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 one of those hard decisions. It's interesting would be to see how horrible these human beings are. Is it worth making them go through more trauma all these years later? Because at the end of the day, those guys, they got fucking dragged through the mud. They all no. did. They all fucking did. So, you know, you know, they Vince would Snooker didn't get taken down when no, he, he did what he did because there was a there was four guys in a room with a bag full of money. So take that for what you will. Okay, Vince does this all the time. He fucking would fire one guy, protect one guy. When Demont did his thing with the fucking gun and the fucking trainees, <laughs> they didn't. They they said they were going to fire him. They didn't fucking fire the guy. Mm-hmm. Like what well, did. They did fire but Demont eventually, but not for that. They hid him for a while. Then, like, then someone was like, "Yo, they did not fire him," and then they came back to him like, "All right, we'll fire him." They actually put him in a different office and didn't let him train him more. They kept him employed. Like, then you have Pat Patterson who did all this whole shit. He's on the fucking the reality show with the old guys in a house, yeah, and he's crying that I'm gay, and all the wrestlers have to pretend like they didn't know. Like he protected all these evil people. Unbelievable. So, so that's my problem. So it's like, yeah, oh, he didn't get taken down from the steroid scandal. Well, he didn't get taken down from nothing else either. <laughs> they they and, never uh, will. I, and I hope in a few years, maybe season five or six, they could do the speak out movement. Well, that's still a thing that's kind of on and off now. So. Yeah, no. Yeah. All righty. Uh, thank you both of you for coming on the show. I had a freaking blast. <laughs> now I got to check <laughs> on my son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you, JD. It's time to thank head you. out. I'll be back next week. Later, guys. All right. See Later. you. Later.